Let's take our Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Now keep in mind that as we discuss a number of passages of Scripture, that we are sheep. We need a shepherd. Acts chapter 6. In the context of Acts chapter 6 is that uh, the early church is in place. It's early in what we would call the church history period. A problem came up, and we find that a suggested solution is being offered. Acts 6 and verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews, among them, complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now keep in mind, in Acts chapter 2, what was happening in the early church was people were selling things. Well, let me go back one step further. People had come to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. And apparently, they remained in Jerusalem, and people needed to be cared for, so those with properties and money and so on were selling it, giving it to the apostles, and then they were seeing that people were being taken care of. And what's the issue? Complaint, the Grecian Jews complain against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. No, relational difficulties are not new in the body of Christ. They were present then. So the twelve, referring to the apostles, gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. The proposal pleased the whole group. And then the list of men that were selected is listed and the result was They were presented to the apostles. And look in verse 7 then. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So there is a problem. Widows are being neglected. The twelve make the suggestion. Wouldn't be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait in tables choose seven men. And the responsibility of caring for the widows would be turned over to them. And we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word of God. Now as you think about a flock of sheep, think about believers, think about local churches, God has given them pastors, elders, There we go. And in Acts 6, we find that the 12, the leaders in that church at that point in time, 
said we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of God's word. The ministry of God's word may have been one-to-one when the body was gathered to family or may have been in other settings. So here's the flock in Jerusalem and the twelve setting some perimeters, saying our responsibility is to pray and to minister the word of God. And we see you know, the number of disciples increased and so on. Let's go a few pages over to Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, we find that Paul had ministered in Ephesus, and he is traveling somewhat near Ephesus, and he sends for the Ephesian elders. And he sends for them, and then he responds to them. And I want to pick up reading with verse 25. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves. And all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now, Paul, again, is going to be going on, and he says, you know, you won't see me again. But he is speaking to the Ephesian elders, and he gives them an exhortation. Keep watch over yourself. Care for your own being. Care for your own character. Care for your own integrity. Care for your own walk with the Lord. Care with your total life, your mental, emotional, physical well-being. Take care of yourself. And then he says, keep watch over the flock. Keep watch over the flock. And that involves relationships. I've read a number of books over the years on sheep and shepherding. Sheep will follow their shepherd, but they will not follow another shepherd. You can have five or six shepherds come together and their sheep are mingling among one another and you think, how in the world are they going to separate them? One shepherd walks off and calls his sheep and they'll split out and follow him. Another shepherd leaves and calls his sheep and they will follow. Sheep will not follow the voice of someone who is not their shepherd or hireling. Keep watch over your flock. A shepherd devoted 
his or her entire life to caring for sheep. It wasn't a nine to five job. It wasn't a six to six job. It was 24 seven caring for sheep. Now, occasionally you may have someone come and watch a sheep and the shepherd may go do something else, but it was life. Keeping watch over the flock. And then he says, be shepherds of God's flock. Again, that's a relationship. And when he talks about shepherding God's flock, he's contrasting it to literal sheep. Believers being, compared to sheep, a shepherd, an elder and a pastor being compared to the shepherd. He says, be shepherds of God's flock. Lead them, protect them. Guide them to pasture. Make sure the weeds, there's no poisonous weeds in the pasture that you're taking them to. Because there's certain weeds, sheep will die very, very quickly. Take care of those nose flies. That's why they would anoint the head with oil. Because nose flies would lay their eggs and the larva would go into the brain and a sheep then would go crazy and bang their head against a stone or against a tree and end up killing themselves. Keep watch. Be shepherds. Sheep tend to wonder. We tend to wonder. So what's a shepherd do? Goes after them, leaving the 90 and 9, you know, to go after the one sheep that wandered, coming from Luke chapter 15. Be shepherds of the flock. Now let's go over to another passage, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter <clears throat> chapter 5. <clears throat> Peter is writing to <clears throat> believers scattered out or scattered around the area of Asia Minor. And he's writing to those who are going through persecution and basically giving some guidance on how to live in a world of persecution, in a world where you might not be living in the next couple of days. And he says in chapter 5 and verse 1, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, as one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, referring to Christ, appears, you also receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now he clearly says in this text, be shepherds. Be shepherds. Care for the flock. Protect the flock. Love the flock. Die for the flock. You ever think about David as a shepherd? Killing a lion, killing a bear, you know, endangering his own life. 
be shepherds. A shepherd knows the nature of sheep and will respond accordingly. But he says, be shepherd, or shepherds of God's flock. And I emphasize again, that involves relationships. A shepherd will pick up and carry a lamb around. A shepherd will go after the wandering sheep. A shepherd will speak to his sheep as they go through a dark valley. A shepherd will go to that dark valley before they go through it and look for where wild animals and so on might be. What's he doing? Being a shepherd. Peter also says, oversee the flock. Be shepherds of the flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Lead, direct, guide, give food. In other words, provide the direction that they need. And he says, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. I'm asking this question about pastors now, not about those who may be elders and don't get paid. Would the average pastor still be a shepherd if he didn't get paid? Would he still have a shepherd's heart? Would he still want to care for people? I think that's where Peter is coming from. You know, not greedy for money, not out to take advantage of the flock, and so on but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you. And then he says, be an example. Be an example to the flock. Now, maybe the sheep-shepherd relationship breaks down here some because we're dealing with people in 1 Peter chapter 5. I probably, and an elder shouldn't, and another pastor shouldn't, expect anything from people that he is not modeling in his own life or seeking to model. Be examples not that one has to be perfect, but be an example. Not lording it over to those entrusted to you. Not demanding, trying to expect certain things, but be examples. Again, we find that that involves relationships. A shepherd can't be a shepherd without relating to the sheep and sheep relating to the shepherd. When the chief shepherd, again referring to Christ, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade 
away. Whether it be a pastor, whether it be an elder, we're not talking about a position. We're talking about a relationship. People, sheep, don't go to someone because of a position, but because of a relationship. And that relationship is a two-way street. That involves care, concern on an ongoing basis. I would pose a question to you. Are you and I willing to admit that we're sheep and we have the characteristics of sheep. You know, Jesus and the apostles could have used some other example. They could have called believers lions or bears or cows or something. But he uses sheep. What is true of a sheep is true of you and me. And unless I admit that and own up to it, I run into a lot of problems. Because I think I'll do fine on my my own. Won't want to follow, want to feed on what I want to feed on. Want to wonder where I want to wonder to, and so on. Now think about it. Do you see yourself as a sheep? That's very critical. Because if we don't see ourselves as sheep, then we live as islands. We carry things ourselves. We don't let anyone tender into our life. We go through a difficulty and we think we can handle it. We have a good time. We don't think anyone needs to know. We run into problems and then we just kind of hide. We fall into sin, we wonder, and we don't want anyone to know. Peter, Paul, along with the writer in Acts, Luke, would say we're sheep. We need a shepherd. We need those who will care for us, those who will minister to us. Now going back a couple slides. Two of the greatest things that myself and our elders can do for you is to pray for you and with you and to minister God's word to you, whether it be one-to-one or in some other way. If that's all they ever do, they fulfill their responsibility. 
because those are two critical items in shepherding sheep. Now I would pose a question. In light of the world in which we live, in light of the Christian culture in which we live, in our valley, as well as our nation, and our local church, do we see and expect leaders to do primarily two things? To pray and to minister God's word. Or do we expect them to cast vision and provide tremendous leadership and to make sure the church is popping all over, whatever that means? Okay, Cheryl made a comment about my visit to her and Bonnie being there. I would much sooner Bonnie said what she did Then for her to say, well, boy, Pastor Dan must be a tremendous leader. You know, things are really happening at Roaring Brook, and so on. And much sooner her say, he prayed, and he explained God's word. Because in praying and explaining God's word, that involves relationship. In prayer and ministry of God's word, that involves care of people, seeking to relate to people where they are. Because as you pray and you minister God's word, you're keeping watch over yourself, over the flock, and you're being a shepherd. And a sheep being willing to receive that. But in saying that, there's a tremendous temptation today to expect something beyond that of shepherds, of pastors, of elders. Many churches looking for a pastor, can he lead well? Will he make something happen at this church? Or is the question, will he shepherd us? Will he keep watch over himself? Will he keep watch over us as a flock? And help us to be what God wants us to be. See, again, all of that involves relationship. Relationships. I am in the conviction as I study scripture that in a given local church, you may have some men who provide basic direction and shepherding and leading a church, but it seems like there's other people in the church that shepherd and care also, and they may not have a formal position, or they may be a teacher somewhere or some ministry leader but seeing those individuals as shepherds who care for the people to whom they minister, who pray, who minister God's word, who keep watch over them, who shepherd the people for whom they care.
do we view those who lead our Sunday school and teach in Sunday school as shepherds? Those who lead and teach in Awana and teens as shepherds who care for sheep. So very critical. Because we as sheep, and I include myself, are helpless. We're prone to run. We're prone to eat poisonous weeds and never know it. We're prone to get into trouble. And we need someone to shepherd us. We'll look at some practical applications in relation to that in a couple of weeks. We'll also discuss deacons, but we won't take time tonight. Our time's running out. And think about deacons and what is their role in the context of a local church. In 20th century and 21st century America, basically deacons have been treated as those who care for physical structures. I would pose this question. What did they do in the early church because they didn't have church buildings? And I'm not saying deacon shouldn't care for church buildings, but apparently they did something other than caring for church buildings because there were no buildings. You know, that's a later phenomena. What did they do? Again, Lord willing, we'll look at deacons and then make some applications. Questions or comments? As we wrap up our discussion tonight. <clears throat> Let's pray together. Father, we acknowledge we are sheep. And we know that Christ is the chief shepherd who ministers to us, guides us, and directs us. But we also know in local churches you desire for people to serve as pastor, elders, to care for the flock. Because... We need that type of care and shepherding. May we recognize we're sheep, Father. We do need direction. We need someone to shepherd us and care for us. May we grasp the depth of the issue of relationships that take place in the body of Christ in light of shepherd and sheep. Thank you for all that we have in Christ. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.